Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to this week's Technocast. It's brought to you by the National TUPSSO Franchise Owners Association. My name is Joe Gall. I am a three-store MCO in South Florida. And today um, our, my Technocast is called Together We Are Stronger Than We Are Apart. Um, I found an article on the source that Tad, our executive director, posted. It was written by Scott Greenberg and published on entrepreneur.com. And it goes like this. Franchise brands are not monolithic business entities with single workforce, but networks of independent business owners who employ their own teams. However, it is not uncommon for owners themselves to form franchise associations. And we have. Um, like unions, they represent their members and vary in terms of influence and functionality. Some are robust, robust, productive organizations and others not so much. Ours is somewhere in the middle. And we just lack membership to make us more robust. As with any group of people, there are more or there are many social dynamics that impact collaboration. All of my work is on a human on the human elements of franchising. And that includes the mindset of individual franchisees and their and the cultures of franchise organizations. These things matter. The best recipes and smartest systems can't compensate for fear, mistrust, and poor communication. In an industry deeply reliant on cooperation, these troubling human factors can cripple an otherwise sound business model. You know, of course, we have a one-sided business model. Decisions are made without franchisee consultation. Um, but the opposite is also true. When franchise associations and their corporate partners work well together, their brand can accomplish great things. You know, how will these great things ever happen when they refuse to even acknowledge our existence? The problem is the, that the culture is less tangible than revenue. Many people in the franchise world, and for that matter most industries, are too focused on operations, marketing, and sales to think about the social dynamics within their brand. Things are moving quickly. Decisions need to be made. Buyers need to be put out. With so much to do, culture is often an afterthought. That leads to problems. I mean, these are the problems that matter most to us, the ones that are ignored. You know, we are killing ourselves to make them money, to satisfy their needs while sacrificing our own. Uh, the media loves to report on conflicts between franchise associations and franchisors, given the impression that this business arrangement is inherently tumultuous. Uh, see the subway saga. You know, the bad press is going to kill that franchise one day. However, there's another side of the story. Uh, many franchise associations work well with the corporate partners and are formed for reasons other than litigation, which is all we want. Um, litigating with San Diego may only hurt us in the end. Our organization was formed on collaboration, not litigation, says Tad Molinauer, the franchisee with the UPS store and executive director of the National TUPSSO Franchise Owners Association. I originally joined as a franchisee in order to connect with fellow owners and to share ideas with others in the same business. Yes, this was our Tad talking, uh, being quoted in this article not as a random franchisee, but the executive director of a potentially great owner's association. You know, a similar sentiment was echoed by Jeff Acton of Roundtable Pizza franchisee and president of the Roundtable Owners Association, or RTOA. He told me that they formed decades ago as a loose confederation of franchises who wanted to put in place a system for owner collaboration the fledgling franchisor had yet to provide. You know, it still functions today with the primary focus of sharing ideas and providing mutual support. Yeah, how wonderful is that? 
Of course, many franchise associations do emerge as a result of disagreements, often with the help of lawyers. Uh, some of these movements are comprised of a handful of disgruntled franchisees. Others represent a large swath of owners with legitimate, legitimate concerns. Some form to address a single issue, and others to set up for long-term function. You know, groups within our franchise formed many years ago to fight the forced transition from MBE to the UPS store. You know, from what I've heard, it is had litigated for more than a decade. I'm not sure if anybody really won in the end, except for the lawyers, of course. You know, a handful of owners cannot fight or even stand up to San Diego legally unless they really want their bank account stream. So what we need is a representation of a large swath of owners with legitimate concerns, which we have that. We just need more. Regardless of why franchisee, franchise associations form, both parties need to do their part to support the brand and contribute to a healthy culture. Prevention is the best medicine. If franchisors put in place platforms for franchisees to be heard, operate with transparency, and concentrate on both top-line and bottom-line profitability, it's unlikely that an association will form at all. And that's what Red Boswell, former CEO of, and founder of uh, Pet Butler, did from the very beginning. A franchisor is always better off proactive rather than reactive, he told me. You can dodge a lot of pain if you do it right. Uh, Boswell and his team created a strong franchise advisory council, or FAC, just like we have, early on and gave the franchisee, mem the franchisee members the largest number of votes to determine which franchisees would replace them on the council. The franchisor knew it was important for franchisees to feel well represented and have a say so and who would be doing the representing. No offense to our current FAC members, but are they really working in our best interest? Uh, when was the last time we heard any news at all from FAC, good or bad? If the majority of FAC was made up of association members uh, that would consult with association members while um, meeting with San Diego, you know, that would be fantastic. Imagine the ideas would, uh, that would come from the association. Um, they also invite all franchisees to submit discussions, topics for uh, FAC meetings, and then had franchise recorded minutes distributed to the entire network. Uh, we wanted total transparency so franchisees knew that their ideas and concerns were being considered, as Boswell, who is currently president of International Franchise Professionals Group, who focuses on connecting prospective business owners with franchise brands. That's the relationship that we need right here, right now. You know, they did it, so can we. Um, I asked him if the existence of a franchisee association is something that would be considered when evaluating an opportunity. Absolutely, he told me, but what matters is, isn't if franchisees have formed an association, but how well the association and franchisor will work together. That is the foundational component of the validation process. Uh, sometimes new leadership takes over a brand where a franchisee association already exists, possibly inheriting tensions formed between a previous management. Building trust in franchisees would be the new Franchise are top, top priority. That's what happened with Duncan. That's what needs to happen with us. You know, we have a new leader now, so we just need, I wish she would just uh, reach out to us and, and start over. At Duncan, we believe that we lived through having the worst franchisee-franchisor uh, relationship in the industry to the best of in the industry, said Rob Branca, Duncan's uh, franchisee and former chair of Duncan Donuts Independent Franchisee Owners Association. Uh, his franchisor is equally proud of the culture they've create, recreated. 
we've always we always say that our number one asset is our relationship with our franchisees. That's Scott Murphy, head of uh, beverage and snacking, Inspire Brands, and president of Duncan. We recognize that we need each other to be successful, and we need to stay focused on driving franchisee profitability, which then turns fuels system growth. <laughs> I just can't believe I'm reading this because this is exactly exactly what we need. An example of our great partnership at work is was the introduction of Duncan's K-Cup pods. The coffee product was originally offered in-store only. Uh, when Duncan explored widening distribution to grocery chains, franchisees were concerned the move would negatively impact their store sales. Duncan and franchisees worked together to create revenue split to everyone's satisfaction. Doesn't that sound familiar? Online print? San Diego keeps a lot of that and giving a lot of that profit or all of it really without giving almost nothing to us even if we know about the sale at all. And don't forget about UPS. Why can't we even get a small revenue split with them? You think drop off compensation is fair? After all, they steal our customers for themselves uh, anyway. There's so much more that is taken from us that we work so hard for. I mean, just look at all the non-profitable CRS accounts and the minuscule drop-off compensation. Uh, Global Franchise Group worked initial through initial tensions that they themselves triggered after acquiring Roundtable Pizza. When GFG required, acquired Roundtable, we started using the same basic franchise disclosure document or FDD, which we have to, um, the franchisee agreement we use for all of our brands, said Jen Johnson, GFG president and uh, chief brand officer. We didn't realize that this was a hot button issue with existing roundtable franchisees. If we had a sit down with the associations in advance, we could have avoided lots of problems. When the RTOA expressed their concern, GFG reverted back to the basic tenets of the previous agreement and FDD and solicited input on revisions. Uh, Jeff Acton credits Johnson and her team at GFG for her for handling the matter, uh, resulting in stronger partnership with the brand. This responsively communicated uh, respect with the building with and and built increased trust and goodwill with franchisees, making further collaborations easier. It created receptivity to their needs and that uh, wasn't there before. Johnson. Uh, recommends that all franchisors meet with their associations as soon as possible, advising sit down with the associations right away, listen to their history, and identify their sacred cows. As a veteran franchisor who acquired, managed, and, and grown several QRSR brands, Johnson was uh, found that they are actually advantages to having franchisees associations. The association is well run, or if the association is well run, they will bring a unified voice, he said. Uh, we are well run, and we need to bring a unified voice. That voice can also uh, be used to promote messages back to franchisees. When both franchisor and association are aligned on what needs to happen, he continues, the association can communicate to members strate strategies for moving forward. Officers of the RTOA actually function as roundtables back and have partnered with the franchisor in various initiatives, such as implementing a new loyalty program. Another advantage pointed out by Duncan's Branca is and association's ability to explore topics the franchisors isn't covering for or may be hesitant to discuss. We can also have meaningful discussions about employee issues, something franchisors are reluctant to address for fear of being seen as joint employers, he said. As an independent association, we can bring in speakers and experts to consult on these concerns. 
Uh, franchisors and franchisees associations can coexist and thrive provided they, they're uh, conscientious about their interaction and remain committed to the collective successes of the brand. Here are a few recommendations on how to do this. Engage respectfully. In my work with franchisees, I have observed many conflicts that really are less about policies and more about personalities. Franchisees have told me about being ignored, disrespected, or, and talked down to. I've heard franchisor support staff share stories about being name-called and cursed at. In the worst case, the social dynamics aren't much better than in a high school cafeteria. Rarely is anyone as villainous or incompetent as their accuser believes. More often than not, it is a two well-intentioned parties poorly communicating and or succumbing to emotions. A little kindness and consideration will diffuse tension, allowing for more productive conversations. You don't need to concede, but you do need to show respect. Disagreeing without being disagreeable, says Roundtable Actions. Acton. Um, that means listening. Consider all your perspectives and ensure everyone, franchisee and franchisee alike, feels heard. You know, what do we have? Comply or get out? Three strikes and you're out by default without appeal? You know, that language was uh, recently put into our FDD. Does that sound like a franchisor that really cares about its franchisees? It sounds like one that wants to control its franchisees. Uh, the next is to look to collaborate, not win. Conflict hardens and emboldens people. Being adversarial with associations make them stronger in their resolve against the franchisor, says GFG's Jen Johnson. Uh, the more time and energy that is spent on infighting, the less that will be spent on making money. There's um, enough external competition to face without having to fight internal battles. It is also important that the battles do take place and remain internal. Definitely do not air your grievances in public, advises TUPSSO's FOA's Tad Mullenauer. Uh, for the good of the brand, remain united and, if possible, resolve all issues internally. Bad publicity is one way to ensure everyone in the brand loses. Again, I use Subway as an example. Um, disagree with data. Data-driven disagreement is helpful and per persuasive compared to intuitive disagreements, says Acton. Um, provide an articulate, well-reasoned arguments. That doesn't just go for the franchisor. Franchisees also need to ensure their concerns can be, hurt, can be substantiated. If an association wants to be taken seriously, it should validate all franchisee perspectives before advocating for them. As Acton puts it, uninformed advocacy is detrimental to franchise actions. So get to know the entire operation beyond your own interests. That means understanding the goals, needs, and limitations of all parties. Franchisors need to, appre to appreciate that franchisee needs to make profit on gross sales. Franchisees need to appreciate the royalties they pay are gross sales for their franchisor. And they too need to make a profit and may not be. Uh, an individual franchisee may have a unique circumstance in their territory and require flexibility from the franchisor. Bingo. Downtown stores really don't need to be open weekends, do they? Um, a franchisor needs to make decisions to, that promote global brand consistency. They may also have uh, to answer to stockholders, a holding company or a private equity company. Our franchisor is, of course, owned by UPS, which only complicates everything. You know, how can an owner of a franchisee, our franchise, can be our main competitor? Um, the more empathy and understanding each party can bring to the relationship, the easier it will be to find uh, mutually beneficial solutions. Um, make positive use of association. If you're a franchisor, the easiest way to do this is to use its elected officers as, as your uh, fact. 
Franchise Advisory Council. Uh, let them be your sounding board and your mouthpiece. Encourage them to meet, interact, and support each other. Your trust in them will only will earn their trust in you. And don't fear the collaboration. Your brand will be stronger with the franchisees who are engaged with one another. The Franchisee Association also needs to be positive and constructive agenda to sustain itself. The association won't stay relevant if its focus is on litigation, says Duncan's Branca. Uh, it needs to have an ongoing benefit to the owner's business. You know, our association's focus is to put more money in our pockets, period. Not in the pockets of attorneys. We need an attorney to negotiate the legal stuff, but not to litigate. Uh, the partnership between franchisor and franchisee association is a microcosm of all relationships. It needs attention. There must be trust, communication, empathy, and consideration of all perspectives. Both parties must remain loyal to the larger brand. That means looking out for each other and working together for the good of all. Everyone in the franchise wants a, their pot of gold. They're more likely to get it by practicing the golden rule. So if you're listening, San Diego, to this uh, podcast, the Technocast, uh, please take it to heart. You know, we, the franchisees, just want to be heard. We have concerns about our futures. We need to talk. So give me a call sometime soon. Yeah, what do you think, Michelle? South Florida is a bit hot this time of year, so I'll fly out to you in San Diego. So basically, the association needs everyone's help to grow. You know, spread the word that this here is a group of owners that are working hard to basically build a relationship with their franchisor. That's it. You know, how could you not care about that? You know, you, how could you just sit back and take every unfair program or change to our business that is forced upon us? You know, speak up. I've attached a link to this article, so you can read it for yourself um, on the on the email that uh, came with this uh, technocast. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you are listening to Joe Gall. I'm just a store owner, just like you. So I'll talk to you again next week. I'm not giving up. You shouldn't either. <laughs>